0: In this roundtable discussion, I'm joined once again by my sister Kay Callum. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Doing good. We are going to have a spoiler-filled discussion about Season 3 of Arrow.
1: Which almost necessitates
0: spoilers of Seasons 1 and 2, we have to be honest. Well, yes, that's a given. And we should be fair and say we're going to have probably some tangential spoilers on Flash, although we're going to do a separate episode on Flash, so we'll try not to talk too much about what happens on the Flash side of things? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk mainly about what happens in Arrow, and wouldn't surprise me if we have a little bit of, of uh, stuff to say about the upcoming either Legends of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. that's spinning out of the Arrow universe, and or Supergirl, True. Uh, which you know we've seen the uh, you've seen the trailer for that, right?
1: I've seen the trailer, okay. and that's it. Yeah, a trailer, I should say. A
0: trailer. Yeah, there's probably more than one. Yeah, but. Again, the focus here is uh, Season 3 of Arrow. We've had other episodes on the first two seasons. Uh, I think we're big fans of the show. I think that's safe to say.
1: Yeah, definitely. This is, in my opinion, it's probably, of all of these Marvel DC shows on the air right now, I'd say it's got the highest level of writing, in my opinion. Because, once again, all of those scenes from now three years ago, I guess... They lined up basically chronologically. They made their own storyline. They could have been their own separate movie taking place in Hong Kong. And yet within each episode, they served that episode. They were a relevant flashback
0: to it. I think this writing team goes in with a game plan for the season, mm-hmm. a very strong game plan, and then manages to execute on it really well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've watched so many shows where they do flashbacks in service of the episode, but they're random, they're scattered, yeah, and they're just kind of a, well, it occurs to me, and it's more like human memory, really.
0: Well, it's it's more stream of consciousness than having a a through line and a storyline. Yeah. Whereas this season, uh, in the flashbacks, uh, Ali has been uh, rescued. Or captured, take I, your pick.
1: I was going to say rescued might be a questionable word.
0: By Amanda Waller and put to work in uh, in Hong Kong. Yes. And that's got a very solid through line through the season for the flashbacks that ties very much in a number of places to the, the current day storyline. Definitely. And it introduces uh, the character of Katana mm-hmm. from Batman and the Outsiders and Birds of Prey and stuff. Uh, that character, uh, actually late in the season, uh, winds up with a full costume and stuff. Same costume that we're going to see in the Suicide Squad movie.
1: Interesting.
0: So, again, and this character, Katana, was also in Beware the Batman, whatever the latest animated Batman series was.
1: Now, in the Suicide Squad movie, I mean, when I think of the characters of the Suicide Squad as I've seen them in Arrow, I don't think of them as Good guys.
0: No, the the whole concept of the Suicide Squad, and yeah, we'll be talking about that quite a bit because it's <laughs> it's highly relevant. Um, it is essentially a dirty dozen kind of a thing in the DC universe, where they explicitly take villains out yeah. of jail, plant a bomb in them, saying if you get out of line, well, we're going to blow your head off or up or you know you you die. Yeah. Um. And that's how they keep them in line.
1: So how does Katana get in? Because I feel she's a very good. She's got a great heart.
0: There have been a couple of times that heroes have gotten involved either because they feel a need to uh, to atone or mm. whatever, okay. or because they've run afoul of the law, or they've just been blackmailed by the government.
1: Yeah, well, and um, we've seen in this universe the government is so upstanding at all times.
0: Well, and sometimes you just need a couple of people you can count on. yes. To corral the others.
1: Yeah, and they've done that quite well with uh, Diggle and Lila. Yeah. And they had an excellent episode their Honeymoon, with the Suicide Squad.
0: Well, th- this was a season where we got a couple of flashback uh, episodes, or episodes that had flashbacks, I should say. Not the whole episode of mm-hmm. flashback On other characters. Yes. A great one, and I think the one you were talking about, on Deadshot's background. Yes. Kind of giving him a solid arc, as I think the kind of writing him out of the series... So he can go be played by, I think, Will Smith
1: in uh, the
0: Suicide Squad movie.
1: It was an excellent episode for him, both in terms of making him somewhat understandable, and I'm not going to say relatable, that's not quite the word I want, but showing what happened to him serving in the war the ptsd yeah the not getting the help he needed how and did he
0: become the guy he is yeah was he the, always that way or not
1: the tragic consequences of being left alone and having the wrong people step in and i think it was hive yes. that stepped in
0: well and it was one of those cases where the present day part of the storyline was a really good story it was and the The flashbacks really tied into that story. Yeah. And I didn't care that they didn't follow the through line of the the flashbacks for the rest of the season. Yeah. Another one that was that way was when we really learned a lot more about Felicity.
1: And I loved that they titled that episode The Secret Origin of Felicity Smoke.
0: Yes. Yeah. I thought it was. That's just a lot of fun. She's a great actress. Uh, It's a fun character. Again, I was surprised to learn recently that that is a character out of the pages of. the Firestorm series.
1: Interesting.
0: The second ongoing Firestorm series, it went. It was Fury of Firestorm, Firestorm of the Nuclear Man at different points. It went for about 100 issues. I'm thinking early-ish in the series, around issue 20 or sh- thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Uh hmm uh, An older version of the character.
1: Interesting. So I thought
0: she was original to Arrow.
1: Yeah, so did I. Well, and the actress said at one point that it was meant to be just kind of a one-episode Walk on isn't quite the way to describe the part, but just a, a here you've seen me now I'll never be seen again
0: part. She was needed for a plot line. Yeah, she's there. Okay, boom, gone. But
1: but the scene sparkled, and every time she and Ollie interacted, there was this this magic because she had such faith in the character, and she would accept his lies and his his blatant chaos. I almost want to say yeah. And she would go along with it because she believed at his core he was a good guy, and he wouldn't well, use her for evil.
0: that goes to one of the other episodes where the flashback was kind of out of that sequence of of what Ali was doing, although actually it was in sequence. He winds up back in Starling City, yeah, so actually it was a nice blend of of what he should have what he was doing back then or whatever. But because he was in Starling City, we get a lot of good back stuff on Thea, yeah, and a really great scene with uh, with felicity where she's there Ollie has been missing for quite some time she's basically wow it's it's too bad he's dead cuz he was really hot kind of a thing mm-hmm. you know just showing the the potential love interest at that point yeah but this, and
1: they worked Tommy into two episodes this season It was
0: yeah great to see Tommy again again uh, that actor does a great job mm-hmm. killing him off really moved the story forward mm-hmm. but pulling him in the way they did in the flashbacks, always a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Now, present day stuff, a lot happens in season three. Definitely. And I would argue most of the major character arcs are for the female characters. Starting with uh, Sarah, Black Canary. Her arc is, well, she gets killed. (laughs) And early on, okay. Yeah. That triggers uh, Laurel's arc Of going from my sister is dead to becoming Black Canary over the season. Yeah. Getting trained by various people and stuff like that. The other arc was Thea, where she's gone off with Malcolm. Things happen with her. She comes back, the relationship between her and Malcolm, her and Ollie, and just her growth from where she started at, you know, needing to be trained to becoming Red Arrow or Speedy. Take your pick. We'll find out next season.
1: Thea grew up a lot. She became an adult this season, and in a lot of ways, I loved what they did with her. I, In the final probably five episodes, maybe been actually a few more episodes than that, I felt she was waffling, I guess is what I want to say, on her dad. She went from, I trust my dad, I adore my dad, to I hate my dad, he's evil, to my dad isn't that
0: bad, to- I don't know that she ever went that bad. She accepts her father. She's very conflicted about Malcolm. Yes. She, that is her dad, so there's a certain strong love bond there. He is Malcolm, so there's a certain hatred because of that and the stuff he's done.
1: She was so angry with Ollie for working with Malcolm- and yet, she was the one who had trusted him and brought him in. Yeah. That she seemed to spin on a dime at one point.
0: Well, she did, based on the episode where they get stuck on the island together. True. And, and Ollie says, Malcolm made you kill Sarah. Yeah. So, there are a couple of moments where Thea is, her world just spins on a dime, and she has to react to that.
1: Well, and she comes to realize that Moira did her a favor. By keeping it a secret Yeah. that Malcolm was her dad. Mm-hmm. At one point, she flat out says, you know, I wish I never found out. I wish I hadn't forced you to tell me all of your secrets and to tell me specifically that Malcolm was my dad. I wish I still thought I was a queen.
0: But they gave her a lot to work with over the course of the season. Very true. From being, you know, discovering her father, going through the training, you know, uh, getting... The revelation of what Malcolm had done to her, uh, the relationship between her and Ali a couple mm-hmm. of times, the relationship between her and Laurel when she's saying, "Hey, I killed your sister." yeah, uh, with Roy, yes, over the course of the season when Roy seems to die and she winds up going and hunting him down afterwards, sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was just a lot of great stuff ending with that climatic moment at the end where she's showing up in costume, yeah, helping out. She went from being really on the periphery, the outside, feeling like, you know, nobody cares, to becoming a central character. Yeah. I mean, she was always central, but now she's part of the in-group. Yes. She's part of that clique. So I thought that was just a ton of great stuff for that that character, that actress to work with, and she did a great job well, with it.
1: And in terms of talking about, you know, that central group, when I think of Team Arrow, mm-hmm. I think Felicity, I think Diggle, and of course I think Ollie. Mm-hmm. And there at the very end of the season, Felicity and Ollie literally drove off into the sunset.
0: You know, it's interesting because the uh, season started out so dark with uh, Sarah getting killed off Mm -hmm. and ended up so far from there. Even after a a really darker period where Ollie seems to have died or turned evil, a bunch of stuff happens. But then literally driving off in the sunset and he's happy, he's smiling.
1: Yeah, well, you know, he's embracing possibilities. He thinks he can never be the arrow again.
0: I think Stephen Amell basically, you know, just uh, walked into the writer's room one day, locked the door behind him and said, You know, guys, (laughs) there's only so long Ollie can be brooding. (laughs) Let's fix this.
1: Yeah, pretty much. You know, well, and it's fascinating that they killed off the person that Starling City thinks is the arrow. Yeah. So Ollie thinks he can't be the arrow because the city thinks that the real identity of the arrow is dead. So he thinks, okay, I can go now, I can be happy. And I'm leaving Starling City safe in the hands of Laurel, of Thea, of all these people Ray. who have trained up to be heroes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and even Diggle and Lila are now saying that Lila has left Argus. Yeah. You know, she wants to be a positive role model for their daughter. And I really liked the scene where she was saying, I don't want to come home from work and think about if my daughter knew the things I'd done today.
0: Well, it kind of leaves off with me having the impression that there's sort of a de facto arrow incorporated that is is sort of formed with Diggle and Lila as essentially the the de facto CEOs in Ali's yeah. absence and the logistics people, and you know Thea's going to go out and do some of the 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 street you know uh, level uh, legwork or whatever. And things of that nature, where the city is in good hands.
1: Well, and it's fascinating because way back when the show started with the first episodes of season one, you know, Ollie was the ultimate lone wolf. Yeah. Who thought he couldn't trust anyone, he couldn't rely on anyone.
0: Well, this is another way in which they're basically doing a Batman TV show. Yeah. Ollie as the lone wolf, Batman, solo hero. You know, that's had like 18,000 sidekicks.
1: I was going to say, then you bring in Robin and Alfred.
0: You you definitely have Alfred. You could argue Commissioner Gordon is a partner at times. Yeah. Uh, but then you've got the original Robin, Dick Grayson. Then you wind up with Jason Todd, uh, uh, Tim Drake, Stephanie Brown, depending which continuity you go with couple of Batgirls of Barbara Gordon Cassandra Cain and uh, Stephanie Brown Uh, and then later uh, Damian Wayne as as Robin
1: and it occurs to me we're having this entire conversation without ever once once mentioning the TV show Gotham
0: (laughs) well because Gotham's not about Batman it's about Gotham
1: very true and that's what I like about that show
0: I think Arrow has shown that you could actually do a, a legitimate Batman show Mm-hmm. He's got costumes. He's got a lot of the, the accoutrement and the, the, the set dressings of Batman just in a shade of green instead of, you know, black. Yeah. Likewise, Flash is kind of this universe's Superman equivalent to a degree. The bright, sunny, shiny hero.
1: Yeah. Well, I, and I asked you when we got to the end of watching the two shows, if you had an opinion on why Flash had It seemed like about a million more viewers Mm -hmm. on average than Arrow. And that was the comment you made to me. Flash was a more bright, sunny, upbeat show than Arrow. It's a more
0: feel-good show, whereas there's a bit more of a brooding aspect with Arrow. But the way they leave the season off opens the door to having a happier-go-lucky you know, Oliver Queen and Arrow.
1: Well, it's funny because the way Arrow left off, there's a part of me that says, you know, If that episode had been a series finale, I'd have been happy in terms of how they left off the story.
0: Agreed. It was a nice closing point.
1: I would have been furious that the series was over, Well, but I would have been content story-wise.
0: But as it was, knowing the series is continuing, I was a little puzzled by the sense of closure. Not only in the present-day stuff, they drive off into the sunset and they're happy, but the 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 flashback sequences. Ollie's like, "Yep, I'm just going to go do something and be happy for a bit."
1: Yeah, well, and it's interesting because in the flashback sequence, we know that Ollie has to gain rank with the Bratva. So I'm assuming Ollie goes to Russia.
0: Okay, fair, fair. I didn't think they telegraphed that, but that's something. If you look at the bigger picture backstory, there are certain other things he's got to do before mm-hmm. he gets back to that island. Yes, but if-
1: I felt that as. Informed viewers, we knew that. I didn't feel they told us that.
0: Yes, that's my point. Yes. They left the season such that season f- four, they could go in any direction and start from any point.
1: And that's one of the things I liked because it gave me this feeling that I could go out and tell anyone who tells me I've never watched Arrow, this is the perfect moment to come on board.
0: True, true. Well, and one of the things they could do going back to. Starling City thinks the Arrow is dead. Ali could come back in just a much better place mentally and publicly become the Green Arrow. Yes, who's a bit more lighthearted, a bit more whimsical, and a bit more Robin Hoodish.
1: Well, and I suspect that's what will happen. And I suspect he'll basically get called back by Diggle, by Thea, by Laurel, by the people, by
0: Quentin, Laurel's father.
1: That would be entertaining.
0: If it's basically, we, he realizes we need you back.
1: Well, and he knows how to call Felicity.
0: Yeah. I don't yeah. know what it would take for Quentin to call Ali back, because he's blaming Ali for the death of essentially both daughters.
1: Well, and what's fascinating there, though, is consider where Malcolm Merlin ended the season.
0: Yes. Uh, Malcolm, because of all the machinations with Ra's al Ghul and the League of Assassins, which they've used, again, really well, and again, another thing out of the Batman mythos, um, to get Thea safe from essentially a blood feud kind of a deal, Ollie had to take over the League of Assassins, but part of the deal to get Malcolm's help is he then essentially hands it over to Malcolm. You know, and-, and Malcolm had thought this all through because at the end he's explaining how he fit the prophecy.
1: Yes, yes. And, you know, there were some... Really fascinating scenes with Raza Ghoul mm-hmm. Because, I mean, he's, you know, what, the head of the demon?
0: Yeah, head of the demon is what it translates to.
1: You know, he, I expected pure evil from him based on what little I'd heard and seen, you know, League uh, of Assassins.
0: In the comics, he's always played off as this ancient immortal, you know, hundreds of years old, and he's trying to save the planet by essentially depopulating it we've just we've got too many people that's the problem interesting so mm. that's a way to take a league of assassins in an almost heroic direction
1: interesting
0: to save yeah. the many we must eradicate the many more
1: interesting so it's a bizarre yeah.
0: concept but it
1: would well, he had a scene with felicity where he commended her for yelling at him mhm And instead of being mad at her for yelling at him, he was telling her, you know, you have a chance to say goodbye. Take advantage of it. It was a compassionate scene, full of heart. And I was, I was stunned. I was surprised. I loved it.
0: It was, it was some fun stuff. Everything we saw with, with the league, with Roz, with Nanda Parbat and stuff. Um, was a very different direction than they'd gone before, but they had set all of that up in past seasons, Mm -hmm. so it's not like it was out of the blue, it's just we dived deeper into it.
1: I loved Nyssa. Yeah. I loved her training Laurel, because Laurel needed the training.
0: Well, and we got a lot of that set up in season two, with her getting introduced, the League of Assassins getting introduced, the connection to Sarah, Mm -hmm. uh, Laurel's sister and stuff, the way Uh, Nyssa and and Laurel connect over the course of season two. I mean, again, Nyssa has a pretty good arc, too.
1: She does. Excellent.
0: I mean, none of the characters this season, I think, had either a bad or a negligible arc. You could argue, while Ollie is the star of the show and obviously has a a definite trajectory, it's everybody around him that's really got those better-defined story arcs. Yeah. But I think that's part of what really makes this show work so well, is every character is treated seriously. Every character has a, this Mm -hmm. is where they're starting the season, this is where they're going to end the season, and this is how they get there.
1: Well, and it's interesting to me that it seems like Ollie learns the same lesson in a different way every season. You can't do it alone.
0: He's a little (laughs) thick-headed.
1: I mean, don't get me wrong, he learns other things, he grows in other ways, he becomes a better person Mm -hmm. every season. But at the end of every season, it it almost seems like Diggles had to, to knock him around a bit to teach him that.
0: Well, and there are costs to the continued lesson. Yes. It's very much Ollie is who he is, and after five years of having to fend for himself, while he acknowledges he needs others, he doesn't always accept that he needs others. Yeah. It's it's not yet part of who he is. But that's the sort of thing that could really shift with him not returning as the Arrow, but returning as Green Arrow, Mm -hmm. if they go that way. And they may totally go somewhere else. I have no idea. Yeah. But I would like to see Stephen Amell playing a bit more of a swashbuckling version of the character Mm -hmm. because he seems to have a really good sense of humor when we've seen him at panels and stuff like that. Um, I think there's a lot he can bring to the character. Yeah. Than the stoic Batman-ish, which he does brilliantly, don't yes. get me wrong. Yeah. But-
1: Well, and I liked what you were saying earlier about more of a Robin Hood take on it.
0: A bit more of a playful type. Yeah. Not just a, you have failed the city, which again, great line, he does it well, but something where he's playing with some of these villains.
1: Actually, that would be a hilarious phone call from uh, Lance to mm-hmm. Felicity. Just open it with, I have failed this city.
0: Or, I need you to get Ali a message. Yes. You have failed this city.
1: (laughs) Yes, that would be priceless.
0: There's there's a lot they could do there with those characters and stuff like that. I liked uh, one of the other ones we haven't talked too much about, uh, Ray Palmer.
1: I was just about to ask you how you felt about his arc through
0: the season. They bring him in as taking over uh, uh, Queen Consolidated. And again, that was, again, major arc Mm -hmm. through the season, both for Ray for the relationship with Felicity, how she starts to work for him, all that stuff. And he's kind of sort of a low-rent Iron Man. He's still a billionaire. Yeah. But he's the Atom with, essentially, a suit that can fly and stuff, so very much non-Atom-like powers.
1: Well, and he's an Iron Man who needs Felicity to make it work. Yes. And at times even Cisco.
0: Yes. Again the, the the crossover between the two shows, uh the way they've pulled some of those in worked well. Mm-hmm. With Ray, he's almost a, a goofballish Tony Stark, um, but in a way that really works, I think. I liked him. I was I forget if it was Sam or somebody. Somebody posted on the forum how they thought um that actor Whose Brandon name? Brandon Ruth. Brandon Ruth. Thank you. I was blanking on it. Had been demoted from Superman to the Atom. And, and I don't see it that way at all. No. And again, I forget who said that on the forum. And I see uh, Superman. This is this is the Atom. And the Atom. This is a a lower tier character mm. in terms of power set, whatever. But he's a lot more fun, eccentric, quirky, mm-hmm. and pairing him up with Felicity really worked. Mm -hmm. And I thought when those two were on flash Mm -hmm. brilliant episode and then the way he grew just some of the stuff with at one point he's he's exercising at Queen Consolidated Felicity walks in I think he's doing the salmon ladder and she's like oh my god I have a type yes because she's like he's just like Ali
1: yeah yeah well and what you were saying about is it demotion you know when I think of Superman, I think of so many other actors. Well, when the, I think of the Atom, no one comes to mind.
0: The fact of the matter is, uh, Henry Cavill uh, in the last movie has, has already taken over the role.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: not like Brandon Routh got thrown out of it to get this or you know something yeah. of that sort. They went in a different direction on the movies. He's adding a lot to Mm -hmm. the show Mm -hmm. he's going to be one of the ones on uh legends of tomorrow
1: yeah and uh you know with him where they ended the season you know i can see where people were speculating you know he died it was an explosion but knowing the character's name and knowing he's been calling himself the atom for weeks and weeks and weeks i'm like uh no (laughs) and i love uh when he needed the injection of the nano,
0: the nanobots or whatever. Yeah. yeah, nanites.
1: I was like that. That was pretty cool because that plays to me into.
0: They've done a lot to set up miniaturization's a big thing with him. He gets it, that kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. But I also think he introduced a heroic sense of humor. Yes, or that opens the door to Ali being a little more—I don't say whimsical, but funny.
1: Yeah. Well, and I loved Felicity in the Adam suit.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. At the end, when Ray can't go save Ali because he's trying to save the city, and Felicity not accepting that because it's Ali. Mm-hmm. And and Ray, I mean, it happens all off screen, but does the right things. Mm-hmm. He, he does both. Yeah. By saying, okay, let's suit you up, let's get you out there kind of a deal. Yeah. And just he trusts Felicity He's already lost Felicity to Oliver, but he's okay with that. Mm hmm. Maybe not overjoyed by it. But no,
1: but he's a good person. He's got a great heart, and he's got the heart of a hero.
0: Yeah. I thought he added a lot um, if they had decided to spin him off into his own series. Mm hmm. If they could have gotten a surrounding group of characters around him that were appropriate. I'd watch that.
1: Well, and the graphic I've seen for Legends of Tomorrow, he's the one that's front and center.
0: Okay. I and believe that because he's out of those actors. Well, again, they've set a lot of things up between the two different shows mm-hmm. for, for League of Tomorrow. More Legends. of it on, or Legend, sorry. Uh, more of it on Flash than Arrow.
1: Mm-hmm. And that surprised me.
0: Well, we got Heatwave, Captain Cold. Uh, and we'll talk about this when we get to do the Flash episode, but the the teaser for, uh, for Hawk Girl. Yes. And they also set up a firestorm over there mm-hmm. um, and mentioned uh, uh, Rip Hunter. Yes. So, really, about the only character coming in from the arrow side of things is the Atom.
1: And uh, Katie Lotz.
0: Oh, you're right. Katie Lotz. Uh, Sarah, uh, who was Black Canary and will be White Canary. Mm hmm. But two versus what? Six?
1: Yeah. And that really. I don't know why I had it in my head that Arrow would be launching the other show.
0: Well, I don't know which one it comes out of. It's a spinoff of both. But since yeah. Arrow spun off Flash, it's it's the Arrowverse, yeah. so to speak. And it's got fun continuity between the two. When we had the crossover between Flash and Arrow. And think about it. You got a guy who shoots bows and arrows and a guy who runs at blazingly fast speeds you would think it would be no contest and when ollie is training barry there's a couple of things happen there that were hilarious when they're actually duking it out that was fun Mm -hmm. they make the two play well together and again a very batman superman ish one's the 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 guy of the night and the other's the daytime hero kind of bright and Mm -hmm. sunny it's they make it work well
1: well and i loved when laurel pulled cisco Aside, I didn't like that she took him into an interrogation room. That was on the
0: Flash episode. With a mirror, was it? Yeah. Okay. Because what happened yes, during the course right. of the season, we got behind on various shows. So we'd been doing pretty good on watching them almost mm-hmm. in parallel. Hit, I guess, the, the mid-season break, got behind, wound up trying to stay current on Flash. Mm-hmm. Because for my money, well, Arrow, I would agree, is written better. I just like Flash better. Well- It's, it, again, sunnier, brighter. Yeah, it's fun.
1: It's lighthearted and fun, and we were having a very stressful time. Yeah,
0: I didn't, we didn't need the dark brooding at yeah. that point. But we hit the point where it was going to cross over between the two again. Okay, let's catch up on Arrow. We catch up on Arrow, and then instead of flipping back to Flash, we just finish off Arrow. hmm And there was the point of, wait, wait a sec, where did Laurel get that little- Sonic Canary Cry Throat thingy. It just kind of appeared. hmm Okay, that's interesting. And then when we catch up on Flash and get the the yes. crossover where Joe and Cisco come to Starling City. Yeah. And crossover with Laurel and Quentin. Great stuff. Good yeah. parallels between the two. I love seeing Joe and, and Quentin talking. It explains how certain things in the relationships changed a little. Yeah. And it also explained where did where did Laurel get this toy? It's like, yeah. Here's this thing I had. Uh, Cisco, can you do something with it? Yeah. You know, because she realizes who Cisco is. It, again, they're building a cohesive universe. Yeah. Those are the kinds of ties and things that I would like to see more of in Agents of Shield. Yeah. And I'm hoping to get a lot more of next year in the Arrowverse between not just those two shows, mm-hmm. but Legends of Tomorrow, and possibly and probably Supergirl.
1: Well, and what you were saying about the ties, you know, Flash in that show, frequently they'll mention Felicity. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not even a requirement for me or a feeling of, you know, Felicity needs to be on screen or pop over there. Just having them say, you know, I wish Felicity were here, she could do this, or this is Felicity's thing.
0: I would settle with there being some. Murder that hap- that that basically Joe has to go track down in in uh, uh, Central City, Quentin in Starling City, crossover for that, and they mentioned you know the same thing happened X years ago in Gotham. Yeah, having already happened in the Gotham show mm-hmm. with uh with Gordon. Yeah, true. You don't even need him to cross over. You can bridge even a time gap that way.
1: Yeah. Well, and for that matter, having somebody pull the files that Gotham put together from the archives mm-hmm. and have it shipped up, so basically open a box of Gotham props or yeah. props like Gotham, it would be amazing.
0: There's, there's a lot of things they could do. And there was talk, apparently, of Stephen Amell guest starring on Constantine mm. as Arrow because, well, he's dealing with the, the, the Lazarus pit and this mysticism type stuff. So let's go to an expert
1: interesting
0: and they could still pull that actor for constantine into arrow if they wanted to and kind of tie those shows together yeah but some of it can just be done with some lines of dialogue yes and we're starting to get some of that there's mention of of ferris air mm-hmm. they're missing a pilot some stuff like that mm-hmm. so in the next season of arrow what i would like to see more seeds possibly even eventually an appearance of green lantern Mm-hmm. Green Arrow, Green Lantern, those were a thing. And he'd be a perfect bridge character with Flash. Mm. But the other one I'd like to see is I'd like to see them explore, have something happen at one of the major uh, history museums in Starling with a new you know, uh, uh, museum curator of Carter Hall, Hawkman. Oh, interesting. This was a character they brought in on Smallville. It was played by Michael Shanks. But Hawkman and Green Arrow... Those two were just at each other's throats at times on different ends of the political spectrum in the Justice League days. Hmm. So here's a character. They've already got Hawk Girl or Hawk Woman showing up in Legends of Tomorrow. You could bring Hawk Man in as just he's looking for her. Yeah, You know, and maybe even an older version, they got out of sync on the reincarnation cycle or something. hmm But having somebody that they have a mutual respect on, yeah, we can go out in the field together get each other's backs, but just grate on each other's nerves, probably intentionally. There's a dynamic there that could be fun. hmm And just seeing Hawkman carrying as he's flying, Green Arrow with, Green Arrow shooting, you know, arrows, mm-hmm. as kind of a flying strafe sort there's some fun visuals they could do.
1: Very true. Yeah.
0: You know, that's, that's one of the characters I'd really like to see kind of show up in some way, shape, or form. I'm trying to think what others would be fun, because They've really kind of expanded the um, live-action characters, the, the, the DC characters that have live-action representations over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And this is after a decade of uh, Smallville. I still want to see Justin Hartley, who played Green Arrow on Smallville, show up as a you know uh, an imposter for Ollie.
1: That would be hilarious. Uh, interestingly enough, he has been on Mistresses on ABC. He was on season two last okay. season and should be uh, this summer, starting up real soon on season
0: three. He just seems like he'd be a fun little one-off guest star. Yeah. As either uh, a pretender to Arrow or, you know, something.
1: Yeah. Well, and actually, I think it would be funny if he claimed to be the real Oliver Queen who had been lost at sea. Basically, a did you do a DNA test? Or even a flashback
0: to while well, Ali has gone off from Hong Kong to wherever, at that point was claiming to be.
1: Yeah, that would be priceless.
0: I mean, there's there's a lot they could do.
1: Yeah, he's a good actor.
0: Um, And just kind of juxtaposing the two. Yeah. You know, um, or if there's some other way that forces him to pair up with Ali in, in costumes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It'd just be fun. I'd like to see them sort of acknowledge stuff that had happened in Smallville, but I'm not saying in continuity because I see that as a very different continuity. But there's a lot of people thinking, that, seeming to to, to treat Arrow like it originated all of this cross-continuity and stuff like that, whereas I think it downplays the huge impact that a decade of Smallville had on getting this show on the air.
1: I can see that. Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't want to downplay what Stephen Amell and the people on this show have done.
1: No, but it's kind of a one-two punch. Yeah. Neither would be as strong without the other. Well,
0: it's after a decade of, of, of Smallville, different direction for Arrow made perfect sense, and there's some strong similarities and draws between the two. I mean, Luthor Manor from Smallville is uh, Queen Manor. Mm-hmm. You know, which I just find funny. But tying it into a, an even you know continuing to grow the d c television universe that they've got and acknowledge again that there have been other shows in the past, much like how Flash is done by having the uh, original TV flash of John Wesley Ship in it
1: yeah, which is very cool
0: so it's it's already kind of in the DNA of, of these people doing the shows, yeah, and I'd like to see them at least acknowledge Gotham City exists do that great that's enough of a tie in for me i'm happy you know if they can play him with supergirl great they're doing some fun stuff they're really showing that live action heroes including a modern day robin hood like green arrow you could actually tell some damn good stories
1: yeah well and i just love the the strength of the friendships that they've created among these characters mm-hmm. cuz these are very just well-drawn, deep, fascinating people.
0: Well, there are relationship arcs, ups and downs in those relationships, twists and turns, mm-hmm. and it's not just, did we defeat the bad guy? Yeah. To what lengths are these people willing to go for each other and why? Mm-hmm. And when they thought Ollie was gone, each one having to figure out, why am I doing this?
1: And that was great evolution for each character. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a sophistication to the writing a depth to the characters that you don't see in every other show out there
1: well and it was interesting because somebody put to ollie basically and i think it was felicity it was you know we all had to figure out why we were doing this when you were dead and it was kind of a now that the arrow is dead you need to figure out why you're doing this
0: yeah what is your real motivation here yeah and I don't know what discussions these guys have in the writer's room when they're setting out to do a new season. But whatever process they use, it is working.
1: It is, definitely.
0: Because I look at just how much they cover in a season. And yeah, things are very different at the end than at the beginning. But not in a, well, where the hell did that come from?
1: No, they follow a very believable arc. But part of why I commented on Merlin ending up as the Raza Ghoul is because we're almost back to a point where there could be another undertaking. Because he might want to destroy Starling City. Because that's one of the things the Raza Ghoul needs to do.
0: I don't think so. I would not expect, though, to see a either that's to write him out. Or that we get a strong presence of the League of Assassins in Starling City, just to keep it safe.
1: Which might be something that draws Ollie back.
0: Absolutely. Crime is down. We need the arrow back. The reason crime is down is that the criminals keep dropping dead with arrow poisoning.
1: mm
0: there's, there's a lot of fun stuff they can do in whatever direction they choose to go. And at this point, they could go literally in any direction. They don't um, limit themselves for next season.
1: Well, and going back to my comment of they made a perfect point for new viewers to get on board. Yeah. And so often with shows, people say, oh, I haven't watched it up till now, so I can't start viewing the show.
0: I hope they do a good advertising campaign that, that, that really sells the concept of this is a legitimate jumping on point yeah and if you like it hey go check out the past seasons yes but start here and i hope they start the fourth season such you could come in cold understand yeah there's some backstory some history these characters have but not feel that you're hindered in enjoying and understanding the context of the story because of that yeah because that would be a major win if they could go with okay here's another couple of year arc Boom! Nice, clean closure. Boom! Let's go for another couple. And each time, it's like this is a built-in. It's it's an easy jumping-on point to the point of maybe they air that first episode numerous times and just saturate and get people in. Yeah. Or put it up for free on iTunes or something because if they can make it a good jumping-on point, and if they choose to, I am certain they can do that. Yeah. I, I I've got tons of faith in these these writers. That would really behoove them to do because it it could add a, a whole new audience to it,
1: oh definitely, you
0: know, people who've been watching the flash, this is a good time to jump onto arrow, mm-hmm. hopefully they'll have something in the flash that that kind of does that um it it's certainly an opportunity for a major win and a major uptick in in viewership, yeah, and again if um if there's anyone listening to this who hasn't been watching the show, well, one, shame on you, we've spoiled a lot, but two, even so. It's a great show. It's well executed. It's well told. It's well thought out. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more than I had any expectations of uh, when I heard, oh, they're doing a show about Green Arrow.
1: Well, and quite frankly, I tend to judge shows or have expectations based on the network it's going on. And knowing this was on the CW, I feared it would have simpler storytelling and they would be aimed at a younger audience and i don't feel either of those things has happened
0: i feared it would last 13 episodes and be gone i thought it would just be okay and it took a little while for me to really kind of get into the show they had to really i mean the first episode the pilot was good but it's like does this have legs mm-hmm. then they add felicity they get the chemistry going they really they started in a strong point, zeroed in on what was working, and then just run with it. Yeah, and then expanding the mythos, expanding what they've got. Um Because before it was a very street level, more realisticish kind of show at the beginning. Yes. And over the course of of the second and definitely the third season, they started introducing more and more uh, supernatural, enhanced the powers and all that kind of stuff. Now with Flash, of course, they take that to a whole nother level. But there's many years left in this show i think definitely and again i was surprised by that clean cut closure i hope they leverage it to a good jumping on point for new people mm-hmm. um and that they don't i hope nobody sees it as okay now i can get off
1: oh no definitely but i was so relieved not to be left dangling off a cliff
0: i felt we got a cliffhanger on flash so yeah i agree with that that uh, concern but i also thought at the end of the previous season of Arrow, when it's like, oh, in the flashbacks, he's gotten to Hong Kong. It wasn't a cliffhanger. It was a reveal.
1: Exactly. And I did wish there had been some little reveal here to give me something to speculate about. Some some concrete speculation, I guess I want to say.
0: Yeah, because right now we can speculate, well, where does Ali go next in the past? What does he yeah. and, and Felicity go do? What happens next? But nothing where the, ooh, I didn't see that coming. That sounds exciting. Mm-hmm. So, Mm-hmm.
1: But going back to with the past, we do know that when he gets to Starling City, he has a rank in the Bratva. Yes. So in the past,
0: he... At some point, he's got to spend some time over in Russia. That's my... Or in that organization somehow.
1: That's my belief.
0: Yeah. And I think that... I, I just hadn't thought about it. I think you're right, though. I think that's a logical next step. He's got to go find himself, so why not go hang with some of his, his friends over there? Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I think he showed himself when he was in Starling City in that one flashback episode. He's not ready to go home.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it eventually comes down to how did he get back to the island? There's a lot of questions that they've set up but not telegraphed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's an interesting uh, place for them to be. It's It's, again, a show I highly recommend. Out of all the comic shows out there right now that I've been watching, so that takes iZombie, Constantine, the second half of of Gotham out of the mix, um, this is a a solid number two, just a hair behind Flash. Mm. Um, I'm more partial to the Flash as a character. Again, it's got some cooler stuff, a bit more uh, superheroic nature to that than, than Arrow has. Arrow, though, I mean, solid writing. I mean, just phenomenal writing. Great game plan. They stick to it well. And it's not that it's predictable, but it it, it flows. It doesn't seem to zigzag like uh, Agents of Shield does. Yeah, yeah. So highly recommend it. Uh, first two seasons are out on DVD. Third season should be out on DVD before too long. And again, that's what's really starting a what is an incredibly strong uh, television universe for DC. And mm-hmm. I, I attribute that as much to the writers, but also to Stephen Amell himself. Yeah. Because I think behind the scenes. He's doing a lot to kind of champion these shows, these other actors, Mm -hmm. and to really put a a public face on all of this stuff, Mm -hmm. Uh, and a very, very fan-friendly face.
1: Yeah. Well, and when we saw David Ramsey up at C2E2, Mm -hmm. I was very impressed with when somebody asked him a question and he was saying, well, you know, in the comic books, this happens and that happens. And I'm not actually going to tell you and spoil next season, but I will tell you that if you've read the comic books, you have some idea what we're considering. And I thought, you know, that's a really great way to not spoil it, but to say we're versed in the comic books. We're paying attention to the heritage.
0: We respect the source material.
1: Yeah. I loved
0: it. Everything I've gotten from the various uh, people from the show that we've seen at panels. Because we've seen David Ramsey. We've seen Stephen Amell. We've seen... um,
1: Katie Cassidy. Katie
0: Cassidy. Have we seen any of the others?
1: Those are the ones that come to mind.
0: Those are the ones that come to mind. I don't think we've seen any of the others. Anyways, they're always very good about not spoiling upcoming stuff. Mm-hmm. Being very respectful to the fans, the the love of the material, the the respectful about the source material, about the writing, um, and some of that is, it's just the professional thing to do as an actor. Mm. But some of it is also they seem they seem genuine about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly like Stephen Amell goes almost out of his way. It seems like to be really polite to the fans. Oh, I like that shirt. Hey, you know, you look good in that costume. You know, mm-hmm. Acknowledging the people out there.
1: Well, and when Stephen Amell wanted to do uh, t shirts to raise money for charity, Mm -hmm. he asked the fans to design the shirt. He asked the fans to vote on the top designs. He asked the fans to help him pick between five charities he'd vetted. Of which charity do you want us to support with which of your designs that you selected?
0: He seems very much in terms of uh, trying to empower the fans. And give back.
1: Yeah. I mean, he raised over a million dollars with that first shirt design. He's now on a second shirt campaign with this word he created, Sinceriously. And, you know, it's about do something with sincerity. Do it seriously. Put good karma out into the world. Mm -hmm. And he's raising money for two charities with that one. And he sold over 65,000 shirts.
0: You know, as far as coining a word. Sin seriously that's not the meaning I thought it had. I'm glad you explained that thank you He does seem to be using this opportunity of having the role of of Oliver Queen and Arrow to really just step up as a person mm-hmm. and uh, all the stuff i've seen uh, firsthand or heard about or whatever um i'm I'm impressed yeah he's doing stuff that in the course of ten years on Smallville, I don't know that Tom Welling ever did.
1: Well, and some of that is a difference of the age and the phase of life the actor is in. And-
0: excellent point. Excellent point. Because he's older than I think Tom Welling was when he was doing all that stuff. Or even if you go further back to uh, to Dean Cain, neither of them had the opportunities. With as many conventions as we Mm -hmm. have now.
1: And the social media. Social
0: media and the the fan Mm -hmm. activism that we have now.
1: Well, And consider that Stephen Amell's mother just went through breast cancer. Mm -hmm. Stephen Amell is married with a daughter who I want to say is 18 months or two years old. So he's very aware of what it is to have someone with cancer in the family. Yeah as well as aware of wanting to be a positive role model for his daughter. Well,
0: again, wanting to be a positive role model and being empathetic. Yeah. And, and I really gained a lot of respect for him when he kind of spoke out against Warner Brothers the week after The Flash started airing. hmm Essentially stealing that show's thunder by saying, yeah, we cast this other guy for the movie The Flash. Yeah. And he calls him out saying, you know, the guy has had, the top-rated show on the CW. Yeah. Congratulate him. Yeah. You know? And for somebody who had the spinoff do better than his show... Yes. That's cool.
1: Yeah.
0: um, And he seems to have been very supportive of the Flash show, mm-hmm. and as well as, as Arrow, and I'm sure he will be on uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. And I would love to see him be the guest star on Supergirl, whatever. He's He's rising to the occasion in a way that I don't think anyone had any right to expect. And just the stuff that they're doing where the actors seem to be invested in the show mm-hmm. more than hey it's just a job. Yeah. You know, again they're they're making a lot of appearances at conventions. They're trying to give back to the fan base.
1: Well, and, you know, frequently at conventions, you'll hear the question of, you know, how the actors really get along behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, is it just a joke that you guys are like a family and stuff? I was online recently, and I saw that uh Colton Haynes?
0: Yeah, played uh, Roy.
1: Thank you. And uh, Emily Bett Records, uh, Felicity. Felicity took a cruise together around uh, Italy and the Greek islands, and they were posting photos of the two of them going up uh, on the donkeys to the top of Santorini and this, that and the I other. I can
0: just see the posts of what would Ali think.
1: <laughs> you know, and I thought, you know, as much as people joke, you know, do these actors actually get along off screen? There are two co-stars going on vacation together. That's cool. You know, um, John Barrowman is, I think, doing a play somewhere, maybe in England, and he posted, what a surprise, my screen daughter showed up unexpectedly to cheer me on for opening night. Nice. You know, I have a picture well, of him with Willow. We saw with the,
0: um, the Kickstarter that had uh, on The Flash, the actor who plays Joe, yeah. was trying to get something going, and he had uh, the actors that play uh, uh, Eddie Thawne and Cisco. Yeah. It's part of the whole thing.
1: The three of them are working together to make a movie. Um, It's set in the Appalachian Mountains, and I believe it's right at the end of Slavery in America. I think so. I think so. Basically. And they put up the Kickstarter and, you know, given all the amounts and stuff, and apparently Joss Whedon kicked in just a huge amount, and they were very grateful, so... The soundtrack to this movie they're doing is going to be, I believe, gospel music or mm-hmm. um, something phrased similar to gospel music, and and Jesse L. Martin is uh, writing a lot of the music and stuff. And if you don't know, he was in Rent on Broadway.
0: I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, so he's he's got music in the background. Well,
0: again, what they did uh, as as a thank you for Josh Wheaton was the theme from uh firefly
1: yeah the ballad of serenity
0: and those three did it and you could tell the other two guys was like, I, I don't know if this is gonna work uh but man it was beautiful it yeah was really well done acapella acapella and it was just a great tribute to joss wheaton one of his uh, masterpieces i think is a fair fair thing yeah. for uh, firefly brilliantly done came out fully formed great show um but also, it was also just really cool that you know, here's all these people doing stuff on DC properties. Mm-hmm. And here's the guy who's been leading the phase three of the Marvel stuff saying, you know, this project you've got on the side, this is worth doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they, they made this video of the three of them singing his theme song. They sent it to him. And at the end, they just say, you know, thank you, Joss. Sent it to him. Joss Whedon enjoyed it so much. He put it up on YouTube with a link back to their Kickstarter mm-hmm. and he tweeted it out.
0: To me, that's cross-universe, uh, 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 not even sure what would be the right phrase, but done right, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. It would have been easy to say, oh, well, pff, those are the Marvel people, that's the DC stuff, you know? But no, it's it, they're helping each other out, they're raising all ships on this stuff. Yeah. And that shows a certain camaraderie on the Flash set. Yeah. And we've... I think, got a certain one going on on the Arrow set. And I think a lot of that sort of a thing, the, the tone of the lead actor, mm-hmm. Arrow in this case, Stephen Amell, set some of that and it bleeds over to Flash. Yeah. But also the fact that they're playing so well from that side of the fence over, you know, I think there was some back and forth with the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Yes. Between, hey, uh, you know, one Arrow's challenging people on, on uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. or vice versa and stuff like that. That's just cool yeah it's it's a small world, and both shows are are helping build a potential audience for all of the other shows of this sort mm-hmm Witness the fact we went from arrow to arrow and shield to arrow shield flash Gotham, you know, and just on and on yeah. zombie all this other stuff um there's there's a ton of things competing for everyone's time. Uh, in terms of superhero comic book-based material on, on live-action uh, TV and movies. And I, I totally recommend Arrow and Flash. I uh, got a co-worker hooked on them recently. Same one who had sent the uh, timeline of the Marvel films. Nice. Oh, you got to check this stuff out. So if, if anyone hasn't been checking these things out, it's well worth it. If you fell off Arrow early on or just didn't connect with it, Give it another shot. I would say it took a little bit for me to, to really get where they were going and really kind of get immersed in that world. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that it started slow, but there was a certain part of me, modern day, bow and arrow versus, I don't know, guns. Yeah. How is that going to work? Not yeah. so well, but it worked brilliantly. So give it a little time, get into it, um, and in, I think it really pays off, particularly when you know to be looking, gosh, those flashback scenes they're a two hour movie over the course of a season.
1: hmm Well, and this season really had a strong Amanda Waller Argus yeah. plot going on. And uh yeah, I liked I liked I'd say ninety eight percent of what happened with Akio, uh the little boy mm-hmm. in Hong Kong.
0: Well again, the stuff with the Hong Kong, how all that played out. I I will admit and I, I maybe I just misread an article at one point. I had thought when Mark Singer guest starred as uh uh Matthew Shreve that that character's from the Creature Commandos. Mm. I thought we were going to get a episode flashing back to and or actually have the Creature Commandos. Mm. Which imagine the universal horror, you know, the the werewolf, uh, uh a creature from the Black Lagoon, Dracula, uh Frankenstein. Imagine those as the Howling Commandos. No, thank you. It actually worked surprisingly well in the comics because it was not a horror thing. Because mm-hmm. I'm not into that, but imagine you've got you know a Medusa as somebody who's part of an army unit in World War II. Hmm. It, it's it's a bizarre concept, mm-hmm. but you know I read a couple of the weird weird war. Gosh, this is hard to say. Weird war tales back when I was first getting into comics. Uh, with some of that stuff. GI robot and stuff. It was a very different take. Hmm. And it would have introduced a backstory into Arrow of there's a lot more out there than you're aware of. Kid. Yeah. Interesting. But they never seemed to go there unless we somehow missed an episode and I'm certain we didn't. No. Yeah. But it was fun to see Mark Singer again. Yeah, it was. So they do a good job getting guest stars. Again, it's it's a great show.
1: Yeah. I highly recommend it.
0: Anything else? Does that pretty much do it? That does it. Cool.